0: Two guys, two topics, two two opinions, two, talk. give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280
1: The Zone (laughs) and The Zone Sports Network.
0: And the top-ranked Bulldogs avoid a scare. They trail by as many as 14 points. They rally in the second half to win it by 10, and they add a tournament championship to an undefeated regular season championship. 88-78 the final score. The Bulldogs hopping around enjoying a huge comeback as they outscore BYU by 22 points in the second half.
2: Gordon, the Cougs gave it all they had. What a basketball game. The Bulldogs uh, win 88-78, another West Coast Conference Championship for Gonzaga. Uh, But uh, yeah, Cougs led by as many as 14. Thought they came out with a great game plan, a ton of energy, and you know gonzaga is awesome they are they are unbelievably good
3: yeah byu uh as you mentioned off to that uh that promising start but the second half jake uh when when gonzaga turned up the heat defensively it just seems like the cougars uh wilted there uh they didn't they didn't collapse but uh, you know they hung in there a little bit but they did give up the big lead that you mentioned and uh, Jalen Suggs, man, he took care of business, didn't he, down the stretch? And uh, Gonzaga's good. I mean, Gonzaga's better than BYU. but you, uh, So I'll, I'll give the Cougars credit for the way they fought in that game. They had a chance, but then it slipped away at the end, which is probably better than what most people figured they'd do.
2: Listen, Suggs is the reason that this is the best Gonzaga team that Fuse had. I mean, he's a what, top three draft pick. I mean, he's he's a, a remarkable player, and yes, then yes. you you surround it with the you know, surrounding cast as talented as as Gonzaga teams always seem to be, where they're they're deep with really good players. But, you know, you put a number one onto that squad, and and man, are they <laughs> are they ever good on both sides of the ball? And you know, Mark Few is a he's a really good coach. He's a really good coach, and that's the thing I, th- I thought Pope had a good game plan and. You know, BYU might have run out of gas a little there in the second half, but I, I mean, Gonzaga had a scare, and they responded by being the best team in college basketball.
3: Did you uh, did you think that uh, the Cougars were going to give up that lead? Uh, you know, at, at halftime, what were your thoughts? Yeah, was I thought it, just it was a po- matter of the giant awakening.
2: I thought it was possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. <laughs> I would have. I would have bet on Gonzaga erasing that lead. I thought that that was yeah. I thought that was likely, but well, that has that has more to do I mean that has more to do with Gonzaga than it really does BYU. Right, honestly. Right,
3: yeah, I agree with that completely. I mean, look, uh, as I said, the Zags came up with playing some uh, some tough defense. They shot fifty one percent in the game and uh, forty six from behind the arc. So. And BYU didn't shoot the ball poorly. I mean, they sh- well, they shoot forty six percent, if I'm remembering correctly. So I mean, it was yeah, it was a, it was a good WCC championship game. It's just interesting to me that BYU cannot get past Gonzaga in the tournament. Now this year, I I didn't expect that to happen, considering how good the Bulldogs are. But uh, it's that's four times now. These teams have met up in the uh, conference championship game, and BYU has never won. That's that's interesting. Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, BYU did has beaten Gonzaga, you know, just not in that championship game. So,
2: Well, nobody so. ever wins against Gonzaga in that tournament. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I think St. Mary's got the tournament championship once, maybe, in the last 10 years. Over the last 20. Yeah, some with, all r- those, it's,
3: with all those Australians, I think. It's, uh, was that the year?
2: No, I think it was more recently than that. Oh. But that that you just described about 10 years of St. Mary's basketball right there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, it's it's something crazy. Out of the last 20 years, they've won like 18 times. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I we talked about this the other day. I When they went to the West Coast Conference, I would have bet that they would have had a, a championship by now, certainly. But, I mean, the stranglehold that – That the Zags have on that league is something else
3: did you think that okay obviously as we said Gonzaga is better than BYU they have more talent than BYU but do you think the fact that uh, on BYU's part was it more a question of physical or mental
2: physical Gonzaga is physically a better team
3: okay yeah, hard to argue that <laughs> i just usually when a team gives up a big lead like that there's something going on between the years you know but uh but yeah it's hard to argue. i can't i mean gonzaga is really really good and Suggs, like you said he just hit those shots down the stretch and sayonara
2: Uh let's see mark few in wcc tournament games has played in 22 22- and has lost five. Is that right? No, it's got to be more than that. No, no, no. It's got to be more than that. I don't know what I'm looking at here, Gordon. Don't Google on uh, on library. Uh, yeah.
0: the, the West Coast Conference Men's Tournament Championship Game Team Win-Loss Records. It's a mouthful. Gonzaga is 27 and 19. Uh, St. Mary's is 13 and 4, and then everyone else is like barely made it there a few times. And this is overall. This is overall. St. Mary's did win it in 2019, it says here. Okay.
3: Yeah, that's the year they had. Isn't that the year they had all those Australians? No, no, the, the been Dell been of a Dagger
0: there, yeah. was
2: several years earlier. Yeah,
3: but I would not talk about him. They, in the subsequent years, they had a bunch of Australians. Too. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. The question here, Here's a question for you, Jake. If you were running Gonzaga's basketball program, would you be satisfied in the West Coast Conference? Uh because there's two ways of looking at it. One is, you know, people complain. They say, oh, you know, if if Gonzaga wasn't playing in that league, they would have some losses and anybody can win that league and all that stuff. Uh, and, and a lot of times when people dominate a league, they, they want to move on to something, uh, uh, what, uh, a little more in the spotlight? But when you look at what Gonzaga is able to do and the way that they're able to be a real presence nationally, why, why the need to change? You know, I don't
2: don't think they do need to change. Yeah. Now I don't.
3: I mean, they threatened, they threatened to leave if things didn't, you know, they wanted a few things more in their favor. Remember when few was complaining about the competition in the league saying, Hey, step up your programs. I don't I don't
2: know where they'd go that'd be any better to be honest. I mean, I, you, the Mountain West Conference of course, but I mean is that leaps and bounds better? And you certainly wouldn't be the the top dog from a, a political standpoint, not necessarily on the basketball floor. You know what I mean? You'd be a small voice in the room whereas with the West yeah, Coast Conference play football. Yeah, right. Which makes it even smaller. I mean, newcomers don't usually have big voices, right? So, I I don't know where they could actually go um that would be much better for them. That said, I I was down there this was several years ago um after a BYU Gonzaga game and I believe it was the semis, but I could be wrong about that. Anyway, uh Mark Few came out after the game and just went scorched earth on the rest of the league.
3: Yeah. Where he I That's he what was, I was referring to. Yeah.
2: He was he was talking about um uh he was talking about The how the rest of the league takes all the money from uh, you know what uh, basically Gonzaga earns them and then they don't invest it at all into their programs, and he I I've never heard a coach be that overtly well I guess criticized that overtly of other programs ever and I haven't heard anything like it since and it it was it was really something but you know what the rest of the league couldn't do Gordon anything because they're Gonzaga, (laughs) so you you go from that to well, we don't really need you because you don't play football, right? So, I don't think that they would really want that as as much as the West Coast Conference uh, is probably not perfect, but it's college basketball. Who cares? You can you can still accomplish the ultimate goal, um, being in a in a small league, right or wrong. Yeah, you know because
3: what? you have the opportunity that you don't get in football if you play in a league like that, and and that's. Uh... You know, I don't know if there is a team like Gonzaga. Is there a comparable football team or football program that would fit into that category? I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, as as far as yeah, what?
2: The, curious to you. As far as being
3: being so so good, good enough to have a national presence, but not, but not being in a big league.
2: Well, I I think BYU would hope to to do some of that.
3: Yeah. Well, they're, they're not at that level. They're not at the same level in football that Gonzaga is in basketball. That's for sure.
2: Right. I don't think there is, I don't think there is a, a comp. Plus, there's, yeah. there's so many games in basketball, too. There's so few games in football. It make, I think that dynamic makes it different as well. I mean, there's so many non-conference games. Gonzaga can go out and play whomever. I mean, you saw their non-league, uh, non-league schedule this year, Gordon. It was brutal. And they oh. beat them all. And uh, it's too bad that Baylor game uh, got canceled because they were trying to play Baylor. I mean, you know, they it's not like they don't play anybody. Right.
3: Right. Right. It's but uh, if you know, uh, okay, they've proven that they belong. But if you didn't have the NCAA tournament, if you didn't have the opportunity to prove how good you are, then it would be a whole lot more frustrating for that program. But they do get the opportunity because the NCAA tournament is so expansive and, you know, no one's going to rob them of their opportunity the way individual programs in football might be uh, prevented at times. But I know what they can do,
2: you know, like what league did the did UNLV play in with Larry Johnson and that crew? Was it the Big West? You know, that league was didn't that, yeah. that league didn't matter because you, you knew how good that team was. That's another thing that Gonzaga does, that there's not an equivalent in football is. There's not a, a, a non-P5 team that passes the eyeball test as the equivalent of Clemson. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you look at yeah. BYU play, they're not, uh, they're not as good as the top one, two, three teams in the country.
3: Right. Well, they don't get the same money, and it doesn't matter as much in basketball as it does in football. The and they don't have program. a football
2: program to to fund, you know, so they can dump yeah. every, money, every penny they get into basketball.
3: Yeah. And certainly the community up there has embraced that program, and uh, it's a big, big deal up there in Spokane.
2: So Gonzaga has won 18, let's see, uh, 18 of the last 23.
3: I'd say that's pretty one-sided.
0: <laughs> Going
2: yeah. back to the late
0: 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the only other team to, to, win to win multiple is St. Mary's, who has won it three times in that in that, that time. Three period. out of the five they've And lost. then San Francisco How won. San Diego once. And that had to be a long was, time ago, right? Uh, Saint, San Francisco was '98. San Diego was 2008. Ever since ever since 2008, it's been Gonzaga all but twice, uh, and it's St. Mary's Saint the other Mary's. two times. Yeah.
3: How good was Gonzaga back when the greatest player ever to play in that program, John Stockton? was there how good were they
0: i don't think they were very good right uh they've been in the west coast conference since 87 so i don't know what they were in before that what conference would they have even been in at that time
3: don't know do not know
0: the spokane eighth ward conference or
3: (laughs) i don't know but isn't that interesting that stockton played for that program before it really became what it is Did you see, Jake, that uh, Tom Homo was named uh, Athletic Director of the Year?
2: I mean this 100% sincerely. He should be Athletic Director of the Century. I mean, (laughs) never has one of those awards been more earned than it was by Tom Homo for this past year.
3: I hear what you're saying. I don't understand this award completely because apparently— He was uh, named one of four recipients at the FBS level.
2: They should all be named Tom Homo. (laughs) All four of them.
3: Matt Hogue of Coastal Carolina, Shane Lyons of West Virginia, and Rob Mullins of Oregon. Uh, And all the recipients uh, apparently will be recognized at uh, a convention in July. But you're right. Uh, Think about what Tom went through this year. Rescheduling that football thing. Oh, no, man.
2: I mean, let's do think about it. There was one football program west of the Mississippi that stood alone. <laughs> one. One. That said, we're going to do this thing. I don't care if my whole schedule just went right down the crapper.
3: <laughs> Could you imagine? We're
2: playing, this- and I'm going to schedule it. And I'm, you know what? I'm going to schedule it the week of the Dern game. I'm going to send the trucks to South Carolina at the mere possibility that a football game could possibly happen. Unprecedented stuff. Amazing.
3: And that cost them an undefeated season.
2: Well worth it. I'm so glad they played that game. And I loved how they handled that loss, too, where they said, you know, we're glad we played, we gave it our best. They didn't use the excuse of, you know, how are we supposed to prepare or any of that stuff? it It was sheer class, and man, it was... Uh, awesome. I don't think you. I don't think we talked nearly enough about how good a job he did.
3: Well, I, I would have liked to have just been sitting there watching him on the phone, trying to re- build, totally rebuild a football schedule. You know, he lose that schedule was going to be the best schedule BYU's probably ever had, and to watch it crumble the way it did. Obviously, the country was uh, immersed in a huge crisis. And uh, but but tr- just trying to play football aside from all the you know, all the concerns about how you got to take care of your student athletes and make sure that their welfare is uh, attended to. But just just the logistics of of building a schedule that quickly is I don't think that's never been done before.
2: Never, never. And actually, let's let's play this because I heard this today with Hans and Scotty. Hans had a different take on it. And let's, uh, I, I want to react to this. So let's, let's, let's play Hans's take.
1: Well, I think, uh, Tom's got good coaches that make him look good. And of course, I think Kalani was his hire and, uh, and Mark Pope was his hire. Yep. So they make him look good. It's a good job hiring people that make you look good. I think he gets credit for that, right? Yeah. Hire coaches that make you look that's, good. Wouldn't you say that's the main role? That's the main job. Yeah. As far as the scheduling goes, I, I don't think the scheduling is as difficult as people think it is. Uh this year? Um any year. Really? I think this year was a little difficult, don't you think? Uh might, might have been a little bit, but there are there's a database where basically it's it's a scheduling database. It's like you you put your name in and an open date and it'll tell you who's available and it it's not that hard. It, it It really isn't I mean he he deserves credit because he put together a great a really great schedule, considering what was going on. But I think the best thing Tom has done is is who he's hired. that's If you ask me why he deserves this, it's because he hired the right guys. What do you think, Gordon?
3: Well, my initial reaction is usually things are harder than they seem to get done. And Hans just said the scheduling was easier than we thought. I, I don't know what to make of that because you still got to get people to agree to play. And you've got to be willing to get the, get all the logistics done so that you can play those teams home and away. So I, I think it's a, you know, I, I respect Hans' opinion. I, it just seems to me like that would be trickier than uh, a lot of people think, not easier.
2: Okay, I agree with Hans that hiring... Good coaches is a big part of the job. I agree. Scheduling is so hard. So hard. And most most athletic directors have to schedule three non-conference games. Tom has to schedule 12 every <laughs> single year. And he has to try to not get screwed because most people he calls said, yeah, sure, you can come here and play. But Tom has to negotiate and get home at homes or two-for-ones or, or payouts and all this different stuff. And then this year... It all went away overnight. <laughs> all years of hard work was just like, yeah, it's gone. So what are you going to do now? And he had to start over? I mean, it's I I disagree with, with Hans underselling the scheduling thing. On top of managing, what do you think? Gordon, just ballpark it for me. What do you think the athletic department budget is at BYU? I $50 no million?
3: Dollars? I, I don't know. But I do know that there are 600 student-athletes down there. Yeah, and, you have to and manage a, all of that. And 190 people on staff, and he's he he runs the whole show.
2: And he had a $20 million shortfall that he had to figure out what to do about.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, like that, I, <laughs> yeah, hiring, hiring coaches is a big part. But it's not like this year of all years, Tom could just be like, well, Kalani's got it. I'll uh, be upstairs taking a nap. <laughs> If anybody, if anybody needs me, uh, I'll show up. uh, When uh, when the time
3: comes,
0: come get me next week. I I think Hans makes a good peek behind the curtain uh, idea or suggestion about that scheduling platform in a normal, all things fair considered circumstance. But even in another year that's not a pandemic, as you mentioned, Jake, BYU is an independent. That's a database that they're not really in. And they have to find someone for every single week. So whereas if if back when he was in the Mountain West, maybe it was not easy but easier than it is now to just log into that NCAA website, put in the dates you're available, and see who comes a-calling. Well, it's about so much more than just
2: who has an open date. Tom Homo got Michigan State to come to Provo. That ain't easy. Yeah. A Big Ten school isn't traveling to Provo uh, because of their health. Didn't he—who else? Wisconsin came to Provo. I mean, we can go down the the old—I mean, that just doesn't— They're not doing that because they want to. They're doing that because uh, Tom found some pictures somewhere or something and is twisting their arm. I don't know, but it's not easy. Texas. Texas!
0: Notre Dame, although they never returned the favor again. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. But, USC,
3: but they did come to Provo. But that was I'm not. I don't that think was that a long was time ago. Tom, that man. was
0: 2004. Yeah.
3: yeah, Tom took over in 05.
0: So
2: I mean, I just I think Tom deserves all the accolades that he can get this year, and I think it's 100% well deserved. I, I think he did a terrific job in an impossible situation, and you know I don't think he can actually get enough out of boys for the opportunities that uh, he provided for his student athletes.
3: You sit down and talk with Tom Homo, and you're not going to agree with everything he says, but you're going to agree with a whole lot of it. He's a pretty uh, level-headed, common-sense kind of guy. And one of the things that stands out to me that, that he, is, he has been an emphasis of his is working with those, those, those student-athletes down there. I mean, he, especially as it pertains to mental health services, that, that's been something that he's he's tried to make better. And that I, I just have a lot of respect for that. Because a lot of these students, they're under a lot of pressure. And I know that there are people out there saying right now, well, I went to school and I worked two jobs and I had to keep my grades up and I had to do this and all that. But uh, a lot of these athletes are under a whole lot of pressure because accomplishing being able to compete at that high a level. And this is true for all student athletes, but uh, we're talking about Tom here. And he he recognized the situation, especially in a year like this, where the pandemic was going on, but also, you know, it, it just normally, societally, uh, these kids have, uh, have certain challenges, and they're trying to find success in the in the face of that. And he's trying to help them along that that uh, that way, and that's a big big deal in our country. And I, I, you know, just erasing the stigma that comes with that is a major major achievement. And to provide the kind of help that's necessary that should be in place to help these athletes, I think that shows you that Tom Holmoe was more about winning games.
2: All right, we'll have more coming up next. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and twelve eighty of the Zone.